Welcome everyone to the first episode of the Triple D's podcast. We're excited to be starting this. I'm Devin. I'm here with David and I'm excited to get this going. I mean, to start out, we just want to give you guys like a little introduction of ourselves. So, I mean, David, you want to start out first? Introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, so me, uh, you know, I love all mile high sports, the Rockies, Broncos, Nuggets, you name it. Um, we'll talk about them a decent amount. And yeah. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, for me, I'm, I'm we're in the same boat. We both live in the the Denver area, so you know I support all the Denver Nuggets teams. But also, I was born and raised in the Bay Area, so I also support those teams: Golden State Warriors, San Francisco 49ers. Mostly NBA, NFL talks going to be on this podcast. I mean, I'm a baseball casual, all the other sport. I'm a casual with everything else, but NBA and NFL, I like to talk about it. So, um. That's a quick little introduction about us. Um, so we're just gonna get started. You you got anything to mention, David, to start? So I think we can start out with uh, the news about Madden, and then talking and saying how uh, this coming year is gonna be a make or break year for Madden. But I think this is BS. I think it's just um, they're kind of stirring the pot and making people believe that it's gonna be different and better. But it's just not. They're just it's a tactic to get more people to buy again yeah no i agree i know that report you're talking about they were saying like oh madden 24 is going to be the last chance or else there's going to be major changes in the company or stuff like that i agree i think it's bs i think if it's not bs and they actually like do like completely change like the layout of the game and everything and they still fail then i think that madden is officially going to die i mean yeah people there's always talk every year like oh madden's dead nobody plays madden but in all honesty, Madden will never, ever die. I mean, you have NFL fans, like, regardless of age, who are going to buy it every single year, even if it's trash, even if it had, like, graphics like Madden 2K5 or something like that. Like, yeah. people would still buy it. But I think genuinely, if it's trash again, then it's officially going to die. Because did you hear what happened with all the franchises? Yeah, like, a bunch just got deleted yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, 40% of all the CFMs got deleted. That's unbelievable to me. I mean, how do you have the billion dollar company? Like, get out of here, man. That, that's horrible. Literally, that's horrible. Yeah. So, um, going off of that, you want to jump into the first topic of the first episode of the pod, David? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's get it. So, for the first episode, we're just going to be giving our takes on some teams in the NBA in both the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. So, to start out, let me get your opinion, David, on the number one seed, the hometown Denver Nuggets. Let me hear it. Yeah, so at the time of this recording, the Nuggets have just beaten the Memphis Grizzlies, who are number two right now. And, I mean, that was such a big win because, you know, it was very back and forth. The Nuggets were down most of the game. And then, you know, entering the fourth quarter, the Nuggets just went off. They um, contained... John Moran and the Grizzlies to just 17 points. Um, everybody around Jokic stepped up. And that's what you need from a team like the Nuggets because uh, you can't just have Jokic be your guy. Like This year, it has to be no excuses going into the playoffs to get a ring. Like Jamal is fully healthy, I believe. Michael has to step up, and they've been doing that. So, yeah. yeah, no, I agree with uh, having to have more options other than Jokic because last year... 
was only Jokic as like the only option on the team and we all saw where that led them six seed first round exit nothing special but this year they have Jamal Murray coming back he started off slow but he picked it up and he is 100% back to himself and you can argue he's been better than he was pre-injury he's averaging 20 points a game he's been going insane Aaron Gordon playing at an all-star level having one of the best years of his career Michael Porter Jr. coming off that back injury he stepped up and then they went in and they got all these offseason acu- uh, bleh, acquisitions, you know. They got Contavious Caldwell-Pope. They got uh, Bruce Brown. The, they just picked up Reggie Jackson off the buyout market. Just traded for Thomas Bryant. Traded away Bones Highland for more experience as they don't want those uh, young guys off the bench for the playoffs. I mean, you can tell that they're building the team to go for on a championship run. So I think Reggie and Thomas Bryant, while many might not be thinking about them too much, I think that they're going to be a key part in this run because they really need to get that bench to be more consistent because Reggie last night at the time of this recording was barely hitting shots. He had really good luck and was just hitting the front of the rim. So yeah, that's going to be a big part of this run. Yeah, Nuggets did a great job getting that win against the Grizz last night, but um, I think overall they have the pieces. I think they're my favorites to come out of the West. No bias, really, but I think they're my favorites right now. But obviously they don't have that like championship experience you know, to go on a deep run. So as you said, everyone's yeah. going to need to step up. It's Jokic himself isn't going to get the job done, but I think they can definitely do it. They're probably going to finish as the number one seed when it's all said and done. Going to get an easy first-round matchup, and then from there, they got some tough teams to face in the West, but I think they can get it done. If they're full strength, it's going to come down to injuries, personally, and I think if they're fully healthy, then nobody can really stop them. Yeah. Okay, moving on to the next team we're going to talk about. We've got the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns, hot topic of the NBA right now. As we all know, just traded superstar Kevin Durant. Got a trio, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. But they traded away a lot of their depth with that trade. Macau Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder. They traded away all the depth. But you can't ignore a team with star power like that. What are your expectations for the Suns this season, David? So my expectations would be, I'd I'd say, like, they would fall short. Um, They wouldn't make it out, like, the third round. Because while they do have a lot of star power uh, with their big three, um, like you said, they traded away so much depth that was re- who were really good at playing defense, you know, being consistent and getting buckets when their stars weren't in. But now that they're gone, like, I mean, they're going to be playing nobodies at this point, and that's a really key part. So, you know. Yeah, I think it's championship or bust for them. I mean, how can you go all out and trade for a guy like Kevin Durant without aspirations of winning a championship? But as you said, it's it's a tough yeah. Western Conference. It really is. I mean, you got. You got the Nuggets to go through. You got the the Kings, maybe the Grizzlies, the Warriors, uh, the Mavericks. You know the Clippers, even like you got all these teams. You got to get past, you know. And I mean, I could see a bunch of those teams I just yeah. listed making it close with the Suns, but um, we haven't seen too much of Kevin Durant at the time of this recording. We've only seen two games. He's played all right. Oh, excuse me, all right in those two games, but um, not too much to see. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, they're depth. I mean, yeah, they got DeAndre Ayton, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. But they're starting Josh Okogie, and they got, like, two-way players as, like, their sixth and seventh men off the bench. And to me, I mean, that's just that's just not championship caliber. I mean, I don't know. Their team's way different from when they made it two years ago, but um, we'll see. We'll see with the Suns. We'll, we'll see. 
The next team we're going to talk about is my team, the Golden State Warriors. One of the hottest teams in the league right now on a five-game win streak at the time of this recording. I'll let you go first on the Warriors, David. Take it away. Well, I think the Warriors, at the time of this recording, they're they're getting really hot, if not hot already. Uh, Jordan Poole and Clay have really been able to elevate that team. Everyone on the team, for the most part, has been doing their part. And, you know, they got great depth because of a, such a good coaching staff. And once they get Steph back, you know, there really isn't a limit for them. Uh, they can compete against any team in the Western Western Conference, even though it would be close. But in, in come playoff time, like, Steph doesn't really have bad games, even if he does. Well, no, he doesn't have bad games, just that uh, I think it's Clay who is, sometimes can be inconsistent. Jordan Poole also, I'd say, would be is pretty inconsistent. Last year, he was really good, though, in the playoffs. But this regular season, he's been pretty inconsistent. The only thing I'll disagree with is Clay being inconsistent because the dude has been going insane the last two months. But I can agree with everything else you said. My number one take from my team, because I watch every Warriors game. I know all about that team. But my number one take is just simply... In the playoffs, you cannot underestimate them, ever. Even if they're the 8th seed, you just can't. Like, with who's on their team, you just literally can't. I mean, yes, we're talking about the past January, February, Jordan Poole started to pick it up. Obviously, Clay Thompson has been going crazy with Steph out. And uh, at the time of this recording on March 4th, Steph Curry expected to come back tomorrow, March 5th. And Andrew Wiggins still unknown when he's going to come back but once those two guys come back they're going to slide in perfectly they've been getting insane production from guys like Kavon Looney uh, Dante DiVincenzo Jamichael Green Jonathan Kuminga has stepped up like crazy he's made a huge second year jump they got all these uh, guys all these weapons it would be nice me personally as a fan if they were to get somebody from the buyout market possibly because they got Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb two players on two-way contracts who are playing huge minutes for them and I just don't really have any confidence in those two. Neither of them really like blow me, blow my mind or anything like that. But other than that, I mean, you can't you can't ever write them off. Uh, it will be interesting if Steph will have some sort of down period when he first comes up. Same thing with Wiggins. But um, I don't think Clay's going to slow down anytime soon. I don't think Poole's going to slow down anytime soon. Maybe coming off the bench for Steph. But um, yeah, you can't ever count the Warriors out. And I think they're a top contending team in the West for sure. Yeah, I think the only thing, you know, I think you would worry about the Warriors would be injuries. Just because, like, Steph, even last year, he was dealing with a lot. Yep. Um, you know, like, the he was dealing with a uh, tailbone injury. Mm-hmm, yeah. And what was the injury he's, like, dealing with right now? The, right now, he's dealing with, like, a knee injury. And then last oh, year, yeah. he came off the bench against the Nuggets in the first round for the first couple games because he was just yeah. ramping up from an injury he suffered at the end of last season, so... Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, inj- it's just going to come down to injuries for them. A fully healthy Warriors team and Gary Payton coming back. They just traded uh, traded away James Wiseman for him. I mean, you can't count them out. You can't count them out. All right, next team we're going to talk about here. It's an interesting one. Mixed opinions for me, personally. We got the Dallas Mavericks. Give me What, what are your takes on the Dallas Mavericks after the Kyrie Irving trade? The Mavericks are in a very similar situation, I'd say, as the Suns. They gave away a lot for Kyrie. You know, a lot of depth, a lot of defense. And the Mavericks, you know, they've been in very close games, but they haven't been able to finish because both Luka and Kyrie haven't, neither one of them have been able to really take charge and say, 
I want you to take the shot or I'm going to take this shot to win the game. And, you know, they've lost a lot of depth, a lot of defense. So it'll be interesting to see how far they can make it. I think because like the Western is just so Western conference is so tight. I mean, really anyone can come out of there. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I like watching the Mavericks even before the Kyrie Irving trade, but now it's really interesting to just see whether they can gel together in time before the playoffs. But as you stated, like about taking the last shot, I thought it was funny. Like a week ago, they had the game. There was like 20 seconds left. They had the ball for the last possession, and like neither one of them could decide who wanted to take the shot. Luca was like, Kyrie, you shoot it. And Kyrie was like, no, Luca, you shoot it. And it was so funny. They just kept passing back and forth. And they didn't even get like a shot up, and they ended up losing the game. So, I mean, chemistry, in my opinion, it's not quite there yet. They traded away Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith. Those were two huge guys last year for them when they made the Western Conference Finals. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, Luka Doncic, that guy is crazy. You can't count him out. Adding Kyrie, that's just like one of the best, if not the best, backcourts in the NBA. Um yeah, I mean, I have high expectations for them. I wouldn't be surprised if they make it back to the Western Conference Finals. But in order for them to take that leap to make the finals, I think Luka is going to have to establish himself as the best player in the league. And I don't not see it happening, but the chances of it happening like in this playoff run, I, I don't think are too good. But um, interesting to see their depth going forward. I mean, they have, uh, they have guys like uh, Maxi Kleba coming off injury. He's a huge defensive anchor for them. Josh Green, who took over for Dorian Finney-Smith when he got traded, he's been playing good. Christian Wood, he's 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 insane, man. He, yeah. he hits so many threes for a big man. He's a great uh, rim defender. Uh, and then they got other guys off the bench. But, I mean, still, as you said, it lost a lot of depth with that trade for Kyrie. But you can't, just like the Suns, you can't ignore the star power. So I'll be interested to see what Dallas can do in the playoffs for sure. Next team we've got is the... One and only hot topic in the news right now, which we'll talk about later in the pod. The Memphis Grizzlies. Ignore what what ignore what happened today. Just set your mind back like twelve hours ago. And let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. Let me know, David. Yeah, so the Grizzlies have been personally even since last year, I was surprised by how good they were because Jaw really is their only star, I would say. Um uh, the Bane guy, what was his first name? Desmond Bane. Uh, Desmond Bane. He he was one of the better players last year. This year he's been one of the top three-point shooters. And, yeah, I think they – I think the Grizzlies, Nuggets, and Warriors have, like, some of the best chemistry because when you have really good chemistry, it doesn't matter really the star power. And most, most times, I personally believe, you know, if you have great chemistry, you're going to win a lot of games. So I think that's what the Grizzlies have been able to do. And, you know, obviously off the court, they're not super liked. But, um, I mean, there's a lot of great that. teams that that have been liked that have won a lot. So, yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the chemistry, I would kind of disagree. I mean, it's just like, John Morant, do your thing. If you can't do anything, just kick it out to whoever and then let them cook. But me personally... As a Warriors fan, obviously, I have extreme hatred for the Memphis Grizzlies. But putting all that away, even putting all that bias away, I think both last year and this year, they are frauds. I mean, they're not going to make any noise. They're going to get out in the first round. You can mark this right now. 2.05 p.m. Mountain Time, March 4th. I said that the Memphis Grizzlies are not making it past the first round. They're not. 
John Morant is a, he's going to be in jail probably. Dylan Brooks is going to be get suspended like ten times before they make the playoffs. They Jaron Jackson Jr. is not going to be able to lead a team, and John Morant is not that guy. Get rid of all the outside stuff. He's not that guy. He's a superstar. He can dunk. He can fly. He's athletic. He's just not the guy in terms of leading a team on like a championship run. He can't do that in my opinion. And I mean, that's why I, I don't have too much to say about the Grizzlies because I hate them. But screw the Grizzlies and they're not going to do shit in the playoffs this year. I mean, I don't know if you agree with me or not about this year in the playoffs, but I mean, that's my take. I think, uh, yeah, from what we know right now, and we'll go into it a little bit deeper in a bit, but uh, the Grizzlies, yeah, they're a first-round exit right now, even though they are the second seed. Um, I, there's so many teams that I would take over them, like the Kings. I'd say the Clippers, uh, Mavericks, and the Suns, and the Nuggets. Yeah, I mean, if you look in the standings, let's say the Grizzlies stay either two or three seed. Possible first-round matchups for them. Mavericks, Warriors, Suns, Clippers, Timberwolves. I mean... Yeah, the Timberwolves are the only team I see them beating. Like confidently beating, but yeah, the Timberwolves yeah. did take them to six last year. But I, they're not. They're not. If the Timberwolves beat the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies need to rebuild. But b- besides that, all those teams I just stated, they can beat them in six games or less easily. Clippers, yeah. I could see being a seven-game series, but I could definitely see the Clippers taking it. Mavericks, I could see them in six. Warriors, I confidently have the Warriors taking them in five or six. We all saw them destroy them in the last year, uh, in the last in bleh, in last year's playoffs in the second round. They've played two times. They've destroyed them both times. Fully, Ma- Grizzlies were fully healthy. Warriors were not fully fully healthy when they played, and they still beat them by like ten plus. Suns, I see Suns beating them in six. They're just first round exits. That's that's all I can say. Seriously. Yeah. All right, and then the last team in the Western Conference we're going to talk about is the Sacramento Kings, the most surprising team in the NBA. I love watching the Sacramento Kings, man. They are so fun to watch. De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis have gone off this year. They've really set themselves apart from uh, their past selves as all-stars. They're just doing a great job with this team. Coach Mike Brown uh, coming over from the Warriors, he's done a great job, but I mean... um. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? The, do you think the Kings can make any noise if they make the playoffs for the first time in 17 years this year? Yeah, I think the Kings have a pretty decent chance of at least making it to the second, if not getting past the second round. But they are pretty inexperienced. They haven't been in the playoffs for, what, 17 years. And uh, But I do think they have a really – they've really been able to get the most out of everybody that's on the floor for them. You know, they've got, some, like, Malik Monk uh, signing with them was mm-hmm. really big. Yeah, uh, they got De'Aaron Fox, who's already established, and Sabonis, you know. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, yeah, the players don't got that championship experience, but, I mean, Coach Mike Brown has been on every single Warriors team that's won in the last eight years, so he has that crazy, crazy playoff experience. So, I, in my personal opinion, he's unanimous coach of the year with what he's done with this team. Uh, in his first year yeah. as head coach, nevertheless. But, um, yeah, I mean, Mike Brown, he's done a great job with them. De'Aaron Fox sprung off. I mean, they got other guys. They got Harrison Barnes, as you said, Malik Monk. Uh, they got other guys. They got Kevin Herter, who's been having a great three-point shooting season this year. Um, they got guys all around that I think can definitely make a, a difference in the playoffs. Do I see them going past, let's say, the second round? Probably not. Just because... 
the star power of other teams outweighs their star power. Yeah. And and experience too with teams like the Warriors or like the who else? Uh, it's like the only team that has like genuine playoff. Maybe the Suns, but yeah, like uh, those teams like that. I just don't see them getting past personally. Okay, moving on to some Eastern Conference teams for today. First team we're going to talk about is the reigning Eastern Conference champion Boston Celtics. David, what you got to say about them this year? The Celtics, if they were to make it to the finals again, which I do think I'm pretty confident in them to make it to the finals, they have the best. Uh, the Nuggets would match up really well against the Celtics. Um, but yeah, the Celtics, you know, Jason Tatum, I think he's been playing better than last year. Jason, or Jason, um, uh, what's his name? Jalen Brown, he's <laughs> been playing great. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown. He's been playing really great. He's always been one of my favorite players on that team. Mm-hmm. And Al Hawford, I'm not going to lie, for like no reason, I just don't like him. I think no, that he's just too old. He gives to be me nightmares well. from last year's finals. Game one of the finals. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to edit this and I'm going to put a clip of all the yeah. threes he hit in game one. I wanted to cry after game one because that was that fourth quarter yeah. collapse. Yeah, I, I hate Al Hofer too, but you got to give him his credit. I mean, he's been playing good this year. Yeah, like, I don't know how he, he's been playing so well at the age that he is. I know, dude's like but a yeah, fossil. Um, like, he's like 36, I think. And he's yeah, giving consistent minutes on a championship team. But, I mean, for me, the Celtics, I, I think, yeah, just like you said, they can easily make the finals again. Their main competition, likely Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Uh, Jason Tatum, obviously, he's even took a step up from his play last year. Obviously, he's an MVP candidate this year. Um, Jalen Brown has been an amazing co-star to him. And, then, you know, Marcus Smart's been out, but they got guys like Derek White who's been stepping in, playing really good minutes. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, who they just traded for this year, he's been playing good. Robert Williams, he's a good uh, rim protector. Uh, They got all sorts of guys, like, on the bench, too. They're really deep. I mean, they were deep last year, but they pretty much got the same roster aside from, like, a couple guys and Malcolm Brogdon. But um, it's just going to come down to the competition with the other, like, two teams who are contending to make it out the East. So um, not much on them, but um, one other thing is Jason Tatum. Obviously, his performance in the finals last year was horrible. Everyone knows him now as a choker after last year. You think Jason Tatum, actually now with that deep playoff experience run, you think he can actually perform well if he were to make it to that stage again or maybe the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, no matter who he plays in the finals, potentially, I think he's going to play a lot better. You know, I I don't blame him too much for – playing he should have played better but uh i didn't expect him to play you know as a mvp uh finals type player but uh, i think he'll be a lot better this time around yeah i mean obviously probably the toughest matchup in the finals would be the warriors again the warriors just match up so good with boston that's why they beat them in the finals last year the denver nuggets they'd also be a tough matchup for them in the finals if they make it that far but um yeah, I don't see any reason why you could like clearly 100% confidently say Boston is not going to the finals this year. I mean, there's pretty much no one that says that. Nobody's 100% sure they're going to make it to the finals, but we'll see about them. I mean, they're just the same team as last year. They're second seed in the East. I mean, we'll just see what noise they can make in this year's playoffs. Yeah. Moving on to the next team is the team that is the hottest team in the NBA right now. Six-team game win streak at the time of recording this. Milwaukee Bucks. 
What do you think of the Bucks? Their recent hot streak, how they're gonna finish the year, and what noise they'll make in the playoffs? Man, the Bucks. So you said it. They're on a sixteen win game win streak, and uh, Richard Jefferson, I think, brought up a good point last night uh, and during the Nuggets game. Like, if they keep going, keep this going, and like win, I'd say twenty. It'd be like a twenty game win streak. I think that really helps. Uh, Giannis is the case for MVP, but I think in general for the Bucks, the Bucks have been really good. Uh, Chris Middleton, I believe, has been dealing with some injuries. Yeah, but if they if he comes back, you know, he's going to be really crucial for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, that that's what cost them the most last year in the playoff. Chris Middleton, his injury, he was dealing with the injury last year, and I'm pretty sure he's coming off the bench as of right now because he's still ramping up from his injury. But Drew Holiday mm-hmm. has been having an outstanding year. I will one take that I will always stand on is that Drew Holiday should have won Defense Player of the Year over Marcus Smart last year. He is a better point mm-hmm. of attack on the ball defender than Marcus Smart. He is insane. Drew Holiday is a defensive mastermind. It's it's so weird because Drew Holiday was an All Star I think in 2011. Then he took like a 10 year break from being really good. And then now here he is again, like being the second option on a championship contending team. So, I mean, Drew Holiday, his emergence again this year as well as last year and when they won the chip um, has been huge for them. And they have other pieces. I mean, obviously, we all know Giannis. He's going to do his thing every night. He's a, a freak, literally the Greek freak. But they got shooters all around him. They have Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, Brooke Lopez. They have a perfect team built around Giannis. Giannis is going to do his thing, try to drive in, get to the basket. If not, he'll find a shooter on the outside for a kickout three. I mean, that's just been their game plan throughout all these years, ever since they won the, the title back in 21. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think nothing can really stop them. Nothing can get in their way. I think, personally, they're the clear favorites right now. It, do you agree with that? Like maybe I not think clear, Boston still is but... a favorite because okay, Boston. Can... I think Boston's been more consistent. Than okay, you, we can save that for another time, but we can argue that for sure. But um, yeah, I mean yeah. Milwaukee's been playing great basketball, and uh, it's just gonna come down to injuries for them and whether or not they can perform well in the playoffs. Moving on mm-hmm. to the next team, we've got the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. For me personally, the 76ers, they're kind of like the Eastern Conference Grizzlies to me. They just always, like, they're like, oh, Joel Embiid went crazy last night in the regular season or whatever. And then they make no noise in the playoffs. They get out in the second round every single year. I will never remember the playoff series in 21 against the Hawks when Ben Simmons became the most hated man in Philadelphia that series. And Trey Young absolutely bitched them and came back and won it in seven. I will never forget that. And ever since then, it just hasn't been good for the 76ers. Obviously, now they have James Harden, Tyrese Maxey. His emergence has been good. They picked up other pieces. What do, what, do they, what do you think, as the GM of the 76ers, is it championship or bust for them? Or where do you think they can go in the playoffs? Well, for sure. I, this, I mean, even last year, it was championship or bust, and they still couldn't deliver. I don't think I'm not like uh, confident in James Harden to deliver this time around. Like because if it wasn't last year and multiple years in the past that he's been in the playoffs, why would it be this year? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think uh, like you said, the most they'll be second round exits. 
Yeah, I mean. You paused. Okay. No, it it was it was a little laggy on your part, but I mean, well, it's fine. But, um, yeah, for the 76ers, I mean, Joel Embiid, he's just wild, man. He's dropping like 40 and 15 with five blocks, like consistently. I mean, the dude, he's just he's just a beast. Like, there's no other, there's no better word to describe him than a beast. But does he have it in him? Does he have it in him like? Jason Tatum might have, like Steph Curry might have, like Luka Doncic. Does he have that mm factor to get them far in the East, maybe to the finals? Does he have it in them? I don't know. I don't think so, but we'll see what Philadelphia can do this year. Next team is yeah. one of my personal favorites to watch recently, the New York Knicks. Man, the New York Knicks, they have been going crazy recently. I think they're on like a seven or eight game win streak right now. Uh, as of the time recording this last night, Julius Randle hit an insane game win. I'm going to put that on the screen right now. Julius Randle, insane game winner against the Heat. I mean, this team is just so hot right now. They, they traded for Josh Hart. Jalen Brunson is exploding and just picking up where he was in the playoffs last year. Julius Randle is having another great season. What, what are your expectations for them? They, they're probably not a championship team, but they are really, really making noise right now in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, so the beginning of the year, I'm pretty sure they were like they started really slow. Jalen Brunson looked like he was highly overpaid, but I mean he's been playing when it matters the most so far. Uh, when they traded for Josh Hart, I really did not expect them to do much with that. I thought it was a really overrated trade or an overhyped trade too. But Julius Randle, he's been playing really well again. Uh, like I said, Jalen has been playing when it matters the most playing really well when it matters the most. Uh, you know, they've been playing some really good basketball, but when it comes to playoff time, I think they're going to be a first-round exit. Yeah, I don't know about that Josh Hart trade thing. They traded Cam Reddish for Josh Hart. In my opinion, that is an insane flip. Cam Reddish is trash. He is overrated. He did nothing with the Hawks. He got traded to the Knicks and was like, ooh, he's going to go crazy now. He got... He got... He was out of the rotation within 10 games of the season. He gets traded to Portland. I watched a couple Portland games... He sucks, literally. He sucks. And then look what Josh Hart does. Josh Hart comes in and contributes to winning basketball. Josh Hart is underrated piece for this Knicks team. So I um, just want to get that away. Sorry. But um, I mean, I didn't hear much when he was with the Blazers either, though. I mean, now he's playing well. Like, he was like decent piece with the Blazers. But I mean, I think he just fits well with the decent. Knicks. He got that, that Villanova connection with Jalen Brunson. You feel me? But um, yeah. Jalen Brunson, I just love Jalen Brunson's game. Um, you know, last year in the playoffs when he was with the Mavericks in the first round, they played against the Jazz. I know that Luka missed a couple games in that series. And in those games, Jalen Brunson, like, officially showed that he is him. I mean, he played so good as the first option, and that's what led to him getting his huge contract. And just like you said, everyone's like, oh, overpaid, overpaid, what is this? But at this point, it's looking like one of the best contracts in recent memory. I mean, it's a crazy flip yeah. because Jalen Brunson's been playing amazing he should have been an all-star. I don't know who didn't put him in the all-star game. That, that's BS, but yeah. I mean, Knicks, fun team to watch. Are they going to make noise in the playoffs? Probably not. So, um, yeah. You got anything else on the Knicks? Um, no, I, I I do give props to Julius Randle. I think mm-hmm. he's been playing uh, the best this season. Like, Or not the best, but like um, he's stepped up, definitely. Yeah, for sure has stepped up. Okay, last team we're going to talk about today is another interesting team. A uh, bunch of di- uh, new addition in the offseason for them. 
The Cleveland Cavaliers currently sitting at the four seed. Excuse me, two and a half games behind the Sixers and a game ahead of the Knicks for fifth. Imagine the Knicks jump up to the four seed. That would be crazy. But besides that, the Cavs, obviously Donovan Mitchell has been insane this year. This is one of his best years of his career, and he's been like a star his whole career. I mean, he's he was an all-star starter. Yeah, he was an all-star starter. And he's yeah. been going crazy recently. I mean, him and Darius Garland have lived up to pretty much all the hype, like as a backcourt duo. Like people are like, "Oh, how is this gonna work? Darius Garland isn't gonna be good anymore." Garland has still played good this season, and I mean, they have insane frontcourt of Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. I mean, but sometimes when I watch them, it just like feels weird. Like I, I don't know, like the lineups that uh, Coach uh, JB Bickerstaff puts in, they're just, it's just strange sometimes. But I, so I mean. They have the star power, but do they have, like, that experience and kind of, like, chemistry that they've built so far? Do you think that they have that to do anything in the playoffs this year? I think Donovan Mitchell can be a good leader for them. He's had decent uh, playoff experience. Did they make the playoffs last year? I don't really remember. Utah, yes. Yeah, and then they lost to the Mavericks in the first round. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... The Cavs, uh, I think they're they're pretty even team. They're pretty balanced, but um, yeah, I think they could definitely make it out the first round because you know, I mean, the East is. I mean, I wouldn't say it's up for grabs, but it's it's easiest division in basketball. Yeah, I agree. But um, if I were to pick a dark horse team in the Eastern Conference to make it out, I would pick the Cavs. Not saying they're going to make it, or they're my pick, like even like a top three pick, but they're my dark horse to make it. Like, because if Donovan Mitchell can continue this, he's kind of known for being, besides from the bubble year, obviously, even though he lost to the Nuggets beside his crazy bubble, uh, his crazy bubble performance, he hasn't really been good in the playoffs. I mean, I remember he lost to the Rockets yeah. one year in like, I think either 2019 or 18. Um, pretty sure they got kicked out by maybe the rocket i think they played the rockets twice in a row if i'm remembering i'm gonna double check that but he just hasn't been good with the jazz but obviously now he's on a different team way different system way different teammates rudy gobert isn't his fucking co-star fucking seven foot frenchman who can't do anything can we agree that rudy gobert is like over like and he sucks like literally dude he's like a he's a french he's a french javel mcgee like he he's not um, that he's not that good, bro. Like he he's just not good, man. T- Timberwolves, you guys are whoever's your GM. Uh, Tim Connolly, the old Tim Nugget. Connolly, yeah. dude. Tim Connolly. Yeah, that was a horrible you, trade. You, what is wrong with you, bro? You traded like two v- centers dude. is crazy. You traded like, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, and your whole future for a a for a seven foot French Javale McGee. Like, dude, yeah, that's that's going to go down as one of the worst trades in the last decade for sure. No doubt about it. Okay, but off topic now, sorry. The the Cavs. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, if he can gel, which he's starting to with Darius Garland, I can see them knocking out some teams in the playoffs. Like, let's say they're a four, let's say they're a four seed in the playoffs. And let's say they're going to go against a five seed. I'll give you three examples, David. The Knicks, the Heat, and the Nets. You think they can beat all three of those teams? No, I think they could beat the Nets and the Knicks. Because Miami's pretty experienced with that bubble run in the finals. So I'd say they'd beat the Knicks and the Nets. 
And last year, but Miami even, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, too. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah. And if, like, somehow Cleveland were to get really far, I think they could even beat uh, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I, I, if, I, wow, I just started like crazy. Holy shit. Okay. If Philadelphia and Cleveland were to play in a playoff series, that would be so interesting, man. I could easily see yeah. that going to seven. I mean, seriously, those are yeah. two really talented teams overall. But, um, that's all I got. That's all I got. Our takes on the Western Conference and Eastern Conference teams. But I got one more thing. The incident that has went down today, I'll put the details on the screen right now. John Morant, after a loss to the Denver Nuggets the night before, went to a strip club on Instagram Live and had a gun on Instagram Live in a strip club and he got caught in 4K. What the hell is wrong with this dude, David? Let me know. Man, so John, like... This is really the year that he's like just flipped a switch in his whole personality. He went from being super like one of my favorite players to now being one of the hardest, if not like the hardest player to defend at all. He's like, I wouldn't say he was like the Kanye West of the NBA. That's more of like Kyrie Irving. <laughs> oh, that's more yeah. Kyrie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the but, uh, he's the King Vaughn of the NBA. Yeah, he's the King Vaughn <laughs> of the NBA, man. And yeah, John. I don't get why his dad T Morant hasn't like been involved at all. It seemed like he, uh, T Morant would be like the maybe not the best, but uh, definitely like a guy that he could go to. Or I don't know why he hasn't like stepped in and been like, "What are you doing? Like you're basically throwing away your career at this point with all these allegations." And yeah, it's just really it's really bad, man. You know, my take on this situation is, as you said, a, fl- a sp- wow. I cannot talk today. A flip. A switch has flipped in him, in John Morant. He's always had that, like, X factor in him where he's been, you know, he's a competitive guy. He's been trash talking. I know that from being a Warriors fan watching that Grizzlies feed. Fuck you, John Morant. And Dylan Brooks. Fuck you, Dylan Brooks. But, um, it's just stupid. The guy is just an idiot. What I was going to say is my take is that this young superstardom has gotten to his head to like an insane amount like his head is about to burst with all this superstardom that he's received i mean because obviously last year was when he like not broke out i guess you could say he broke out the year before but last year he established himself as a superstar a superstar he was he's been continuing this year he hasn't been playing bad obviously the grizzlies are the number two seed but the dude is just insane I could go over some others alongside this gun incident. A couple days ago, I'll try to remember the details uh, uh, on top of my head. Accusations made, released by the Washington Post, that John Morant b- punched multiple times a 17-year-old for, because of a pickup game and then went into his house to grab a gun. Yeah, man. It's, it, it's crazy because, like, at the end of the day, yes, they are allegations, but at, at that point, when you have, like, that type of allegations, it's it's really hard to not believe to a certain point. And also, um, yeah, I like, I don't get it because he's – not only is he a young dude, like, he has a daughter. Like, he's yeah. not – he, he probably is single, but, I mean, it's not like he doesn't have someone that he needs to take care of and needs to be there for. I. I don't get why he's been acting this way. 
I mean, the dude, he's one of my most hated players in the league. I mean, how can, how, how, why do you want to make it out of the NBA? Like, yeah. I can't with the guy, man. I can't. And it's like, I'm going to put up a picture. You know that picture of him in, like, uh, like khaki shorts and, like, a blue, like, polo shirt with yeah. his family? Yeah. I'm going to put that up on the screen right now. This man was raised in the suburbs. He went to a private high school doing all this, yeah. bro. Get out of here, man. You're a bitch. Okay, I'm going to read this to you. I don't know. Have you heard about the incident at the mall with his mom? Oh uh, yeah, with the finish line. Yeah. Uh, employee. Yeah. Yeah. I'll 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 read a part of this. It says, two. It says two months after the loss to Golden State, Morant's mother was at a finish line shoe store at a Memphis mall when she got in a dispute with a store employee. She called Morant, who arrived shortly after with a group of as many as nine other people. Confronted by the director of mall security, Morant and his friends refused the security guard's demands to leave the mall parking lot. Police arrived and a verbal confrontation escalated, the report says, until someone in the group allegedly pushed the security director in the head. As the group was leaving the premises, John Morant said, let me find out what time he gets off, police wrote in the report. Like, the, the dude is sliding for his mom as if the security guard at the mall isn't, like, is, like, his biggest awe, bro. Like, I don't even know what this dude, man, like... Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. Like, he doesn't need to do all this. Like, there's, he doesn't need no. to prove anything. This doesn't prove just, anything. He's out here threatening to kill yeah. minors over pickup yeah. basketball, and he's a he's a top player in the NBA. Like, it just blows my mind how like, somebody is this dumb. I mean, I hope he gets his act yeah. together. I could pull up. I'm pretty sure just five minutes ago, I got a notification of like a statement from John Morant or whatever. I'll read it. Statement from John Morant. I take full responsibility for my actions last night. I'm sorry to my family, teammates, coaches, fans, partners, the city of Memphis, and the entire Grizzlies organization for letting you down. I'm going to take some time away to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being. I mean, yeah, that sounds good. Like, I hope he does. Uh, like, I'm not rooting against him. I want him to do well. But at the same time, like, why were you on Instagram live? Like, you could have, that could have been private nobody would have knew about it and like, it, it doesn't change anything but it changes the fact that you got caught and you're getting suspended now i don't know if you yeah. mentioned that yeah in case y'all don't know he got suspended for two games for having a gun on his instagram live as a superstar who kids look up to that's the number one thing for me man like he is the justin jefferson of the nba man P kids look up to yeah. him man like kids nowadays like what steph curry was to me when i was like eight year old eight eight nine years old that's what john Morant is to eight and nine year olds now i mean and he's doing all this it, it's just sad man all right y'all that'll be it for the first episode of the triple d's podcast i want to thank y'all for tuning in we're gonna try to release episodes as often as possible we love talking sports. We wanted to do this for a while, and here we are. David, you got anything to say before you head out? Uh, yeah, we, uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. You know, there's so many more people that you could listen to, but, uh, you know, we appreciate that you guys want to listen to us. So, yeah, thank you. For sure, for sure. All right, guys, we'll be back with the second episode. We want to thank you for tuning in, and see you next time.